Good morning, everybody. Can I encourage you to uh, find a seat? We are about to get started for our morning. And uh, well done on getting here. Didn't you feel like minus nine is absolutely balmy today compared to the last few days? I thought, wow, the sun feels quite hot today. <laughs> yeah. So welcome here. Um, I'm just going to go ahead with um, the land acknowledgement. I just would like to say we're really grateful to be welcoming and gathered here on the land of the Semi-Amu and the Stolo and the Kwantlen peoples. Um, Lots of things to say about being on native land, but I'll leave it there this morning. Um, We're very grateful to be living in such a beautiful place. I want to welcome here, I can see some faces I don't know, so I want to welcome you here. Um, Whether you are visiting or just trying us out, you're very welcome. It's lovely to see your faces. Um, Damien and Dawn, please come up. Uh, We are going to do a quick Q&A here so that we can meet Dawn and Damien. Doesn't matter. Good morning. Um, Okay, I have got my interview questions okay. here so ready to be grilled sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay Dawn and Damien um, I'm going to pass the mic to you in a minute what what are what are you I don't need to ask you what your names are I've just told everybody um, where do you live and who lives in your house pets cats we live in Chilliwack and in Garrison um, and we don't have any pets but we have the two of us and then our my stepdaughter um, with us right now. She's with us right now. What's her name? Tatiana. Tiana. Tatiana. She's 23. Oh, my Home goodness. Oh, gosh. Um, how long have you been part of our Sunday morning gatherings and how, would you, how did you find us? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, we've been here since I think we first came to the park in summer of 2021. And, um, long story, but I belonged to the church in, I think, 2008 I came after my divorce and was baptized here at Cultus Lake in 2010. And uh, when Damien and I got married in 2014, we left and found a church on our own and then went through that journey. And then during the pandemic, we were living on the island and I was listening to voices that were in agreement to what I thought. And so I was, when we were moving back here, I wanted to find an affirming church and heard from somebody else that that was the direction the bridge was going. So we ended up back here. And a bit like Philip's uh, story earlier, we went to you with open arms. It was lovely to see your faces again. Um, not that you were the prodigal, you understand. That's, that didn't work, that analogy. Forget that one. <laughs> um, I go back to the early 2000s um, with uh, Abbotsford Vineyard. Yeah, so I recognize faces that from that, and that's kind of where I started. Thanks, Faye. Yeah. Um, what brings you joy, uh, or what, what do you feel most joyous when you're doing, whichever angle you want to approach that one at? Value? Joy. Yes. Joy. Yes. We were talking about this on the way, right? And... Being around people, helping people, um, makes me come alive. I guess that's what probably is the, and that's a general answer. 
Um, obviously, family, my wife. Um, being out in nature brings me a lot of joy. Birds, especially. Um, there's the plug. Um, yeah, there we go. Yeah, pretty much the same. We both are in the same line of work now. We work with people with uh, diverse disabilities. Uh, so um, I think it's just that simplicity, innocent joy that I can see on faces of people that we are connecting with at work that um, aren't always included in our society. So uh, I just leave work every day just like feeling so filled up. Yeah. <laughs> I love God's economy that when we give out um, to others and fill them up, we just get filled up at the same time. And Damien and Dawn, especially Damien, are often the faces that you will see if you come to visit us another time or you come here regularly. Damien's face is usually the one smiling at you in a cold or boiling hot car park saying that's the way to go. <laughs> right. Yeah, I was very glad with this temperature to not see you out there this morning. <laughs> Um, okay, what would you like to be known for? Um, that's a good question, hey? Yeah, yeah this, want to go first? Okay. <laughs> uh, we talked about this. We had two different answers, of course, but they were almost a little bit aligned. So um, I think I just want to be known for not knowing it all and uh, for just having a curiosity and always seeking to understand more in people and in things and never having it all figured out. <laughs> I'm not sure if I like that question or that answer. I changed uh, it up a little bit. From so is that the value question or yeah, is that another one? That's the value one. Well, okay, the value one. Value, value or value. Value. You go ahead. Say whatever you want to share. Well. What you want to be known? We've only got half an hour. <laughs> I took it as more of the value and, and yeah, what, yeah. So um, this is an interesting way to put it, but I think you'll understand. Um, we were talking about this as well. and. I've been on a, a journey like everyone else here to f discover who I am, my individuality, um, learning to, to be confident in who I am. So I value me in that sense, um, just being who I am. The word was unabashedly me. So that's, that's what I value. I really like that. We all need to learn that, don't we? Guys, this has been really lovely getting to know you a bit more. Thank you for all your answers and your honesty in this thing. And is there anything that we can pray for you guys for? Um, again, we talked about this. So immediate prayer is just Damien's parents just had a little um, freezing pipes in their condo and some flooding. So, yeah, so that's kind of his dad is um, not really mobile. And so it makes things really tricky and he likes to be at home. So um and then on a grander scale if you care to think about us in your prayers then just that you know we're both still filled with grace and um growing together understanding each other we're almost 10 years into our marriage so we still have lots to learn and we just want to continue being passionate about about understanding each other there was a burst uh, water pipes up at the top on that side of the building so everybody underneath all the apartments so they're we're there on the bottom. So maybe it's could be worse for them. I don't know. But so they, they might have to have ceiling, walls, and floor like carpet replaced, fans in there blowing yesterday and stuff. Yeah, at five o'clock, my mom woke up trying to figure out what to do with the, I guess, some of the water. So, and it's apparently there was ten others or, or nine others uh, in the. I guess I don't know where, but Abbotsford. Yeah. 
Well, Father, thank you for these two beautiful human beings that you created. And I pray, God, that as they practically love on their family with uh, this most recent uh, problem with the burst pipes, that you just um, allow their generous hearts to be poured out on their family. Um, Just, Lord God, as you, with your generous love, pour out on them. And I pray your blessing on their marriage and their family and uh, that, Father God, you would just breathe your deep love into their hearts daily. Amen. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Karen. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks, Damien. (laughs) Okay. Thank you. Eden and Sarah, would you like to come up? And I also... um, would like to call up Brett Matthews. I don't know you, Brett, wherever you are, if you could come up too. Hi. So Eden and Sarah? Oh, coffee first. Okay. (laughs) Sorry about this. Well polished here. Um, So Brett, tell us about you and why you're here. Hi, I'm Brett, uh, he, him. Uh, I am a child to that mum right there named Mum. Beyonce to Amy there. Uh, friend of Taryn. Uh, I'm also the youth minister at Highland Community Church, so Mennonite Church, uh, and I run the Circle Friends program at MCC. So that is the the hat that I'm speaking of today. Um, so MCC, maybe people don't know exactly what that is, but it's a large Mennonite organization, Mennonite Central Committee. Uh, it works in 45 different countries around the world, doing relief, development, and peace work. Basically, wherever there's war, famine, earthquakes, uh, MCC is probably there. Uh, Right now, I think of Palestine and uh, the humanitarian work they're trying to do in Gaza when when the blockades open for them to get in. Um, Then MCC also works locally in Canada and USA. Um, So that's my division. I run the Circle of Friends program. Um, It's a program that does social inclusion work for people who have experienced homelessness, transitioned into housing, and are now experiencing loneliness and isolation as, I guess, a barrier to their well-being and a barrier to their maintaining, but also flourishing in their housing. Um, Often when people experience homelessness and transition into housing, uh, they lack a sense of belonging in the community. There's a lot of stigma. There's a lot of loneliness. Um, I think this comes from two two main reasons. One, when you're experiencing homelessness, you're in a community, and a lot of times that community is beautiful and protects each other and works together and then maybe when you get housing you're completely on a different part of town or maybe even another city um, and you maybe don't feel like you belong going to uh, a marty or cafes around town uh, or going into a church because maybe you dress different you talk different um, so people often bunker down and isolate and then may lose their housing because isolation can cause other mental health things to arise and when you're doing unwell it's hard to stay in your housing um, other people may have experienced significant trauma while experiencing homelessness, and then as they transition into housing, they're just scared of people. Um, so our community is built up of people in both those groups. Um, and our goal is to, so they're socially excluded from society, and our goal is to socially include these people into society. Um, so what we do, it's, it's a complex problem, so it requires a complex response, but I'll probably just talk about the main way that we do this, which is through our our circles, our circles of friends, um, which is myself, usually two volunteers and then one participant who's experienced homelessness. And these circles meet just once a week for an hour to two hours for mainly time of social fun, but also time of support, 
You'll often see us playing cards or dice at a local coffee shop, uh, going for walks at Mill Lake. Uh, some groups like to volunteer at the SPCA or food bank, um, maybe a fitness class or a swimming class at the local leisure center. Um, so this is what our groups do. They're not a place for the volunteers or myself to save people or fix people or solve all their problems because we are not saviors. Uh, but it's a place to be with someone so that they're not alone in whatever they're going through. Um, and hopefully as they progress in their circle, they continue to experience more belonging in their community as they become regulars at like Aurora. Like we've went to, let me said Aurora every week to play cards. And now people are starting to get to know the staff and other people that hang out there. Um, and as people are in their circles, they, yeah, hopefully heal and hopefully start to flourish in their housing and not just maintain it. Um, but yeah, the goal is to help people not return to homelessness. Um, another thing we do is our monthly gatherings, which are a ton of fun. Uh, one Wednesday a month, we get together to, at Christmas, it was a Christmas dinner. Halloween, we carve pumpkins, trivia nights. Uh, homemade pizza making with everyone that's involved in the community. So every volunteer, every participant uh, is invited. Um, so that's just a little bit about our community. But yeah, right now we're pretty short on volunteers, which is why I, I like to get to go to different churches and, and share about this program. I currently have about five people wanting to be in circles and two available volunteers. So, and each circle needs multiple volunteers. Um, so if you're someone who thinks you might be interested in being a supportive friend, if you think you might be a non-judgmental, supportive, caring person, uh, you need no previous experience working with people who are unhoused. Um, there's trainings, there's ongoing support, and people who experience homelessness are just people. They're not, they're not dangerous. They're not gonna, they're not gonna harm you. It's, it's a pretty beautiful uh, place. I, I'm so thankful for this job. I get to see sacred spaces every day. I get to make friendships, and I get to see other people make friendships. Um, and yeah, like one example is one of our ladies in our program uh, reached the year of sobriety from from uh, some drug use. And on that day, we got to, it was in the fall, we got to go for a bike ride when the, the trees were all yellow around Fish Trap Creek and then go to Dairy Queen and share some ice cream. Um, so things like that are pretty, pretty special. And yeah, thank you so much for having me here today. I've had a, a complicated relationship with the church in my life. So seeing a place that is kind, loving, and inclusive, and gathering together uh, is heartwarming for me. So, thank you. Uh, I have cards on me, uh, so if you would like to talk, I'll be available afterwards. Uh, and I also put a bunch on that desk. Maybe, maybe, Eden, maybe Eden will have those later, so in a couple weeks you think about it and want my contact information, maybe they'll be available that way. Yeah. Is there anybody got any questions for Brett? Otherwise, we are about to go into coffee break, so be prepared to be mobbed. Just wondering how long the volunteer commitment is. Yeah, so our circles meet once a week uh, for up to a year. Um, so we ask that volunteers are able to commit to the year. Sometimes circles don't make it that long for all sorts of various reasons. And you're definitely allowed sick weeks and vacation time. Uh, everyone in the circle will experience weeks where they can't hang out. But uh, yeah, up to a year is what we hope for. 
Okay, guys, just be, oh, there's one more question. I'll just take this as the last one and then could you find Brett in the coffee break? Thank you. Hello, I'm just, um, you're saying that you would like to make them part of society, but society isn't all that great. So how are you making them part of society? That's an easy question, right? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a really good question. Um, if I said I want to make them part of society, that might have been a misspeak. I want society to be a more inclusive space for them and for friends to come alongside and be those inclusive people. Um, I love seeing volunteers who may have some stigmas to people who've experienced homelessness build these friendships and then their stigmas decrease and the volunteers will say things like, wow, they're so nice. Wow, they have a master's in counseling. Wow, they used to own a house up on like Eagle Ridge. Um, it seems like all sorts of people can become unhoused. Um, so one volunteer at a time is decreasing stigma, but we do also want to think about how to do events that provide education um, and actually, Amy works with Archway doing diversity, education, inclusion work as well. So we're trying to brainstorm some ideas with the Human Dignity Coalition to how to make society at large a more inclusive space. But that's a big job. <laughs> Brett, thank you so much. I really appreciate you sharing with us. Thank you. So, Father, thank you so much for um, Eden. Thank you for Sarah. Thank you for these amazing women who um, just help run our community such as it is. <laughs> this crazy family, this diverse group of people, and we're very grateful for both of them. And so, Father God, as they um, just speak out the things that they've prepared for us this morning, I pray, just as we've talked about with um, our interviewees this morning, as they give out, will you fill them back up? Amen. Amen. Well, it might be horrifying for you to know that both Sarah and I are going to speak this morning, but I promise I have the shorter version. So uh, uh, it's a full morning today, and it's quite lovely, and there wouldn't be a single thing I would take out of this morning. And so um, we are conscious of the time but I hope you can just settle in and be at peace um, that we have lovely things for you. Um, so Sarah and I will both be sharing this morning as we did last Sunday, if you were on Zoom, um, just in order to give you a full account of how the bridge has evolved and what we're looking forward to in our near future. If you're curious about what we said last week on the Zoom meeting, you can have a listen um, to the podcast, which is uh, on the bridge online.ca, which is our, our church website. And the, um, the sermons or the talks from each Sunday are always on there. For context, we will each give you just a bit of our own personal history around being called into the pastoral role and also the history of this community. So a little ancient history from my end, 20 years ago, I had a massive shift in how I viewed God and myself. It happened the year I turned 40. So those of you who are mathematicians have just figured that out. And Jesus started showing up in my dreams. And he was driving a backhoe. And he was digging up things long buried and redeeming them. He helped me sort through things that didn't belong in my heart and tended to my deepest needs. 
He helped me to find buried treasure and to see the treasure in things that I had discarded. It was a glorious journey, and it led me to saying yes to a pastoral role at Freshman Christian Fellowship. Woohoo! <laughs> we got some oldies here. Um, at church, Bradley and I helped to plant. Without this journey five years prior, I don't believe I would have been asked nor would I have accepted the invitation. In 2018, I found myself feeling quite comfortable in this bridge community. I was back to being a happy participant on Sunday mornings. But in, the early, uh, but in early 2021, with the resignation of our head pastors, Dean and Janine Richmond, I was again invited to help pastor alongside our lovely Sarah. Before accepting this invitation, I felt the need to qualify my acceptance by stating my desire and agenda to bring this church to being fully affirming and inclusive of our queer siblings. I shared this first with Sarah, who had an emphatic yes to that, and then to the steering team, who also said yes to a process to do so. What we were endeavoring to do was to include our queer siblings, not with tolerance or limitations, but fully embracing their God-created beings, their wholeness in Christ, and their God-given gifts and talents. We focused on Jesus, and from the Gospels noticed that during his time on earth, he continually reached out to the margins to the sick, to the lame, to the poor, to the women. There was no end. The children, the Romans, the strangers, and thankfully even the religious. Thank you to all of you who entered into this process with us. I want to tell you that you have each moved me ever since. As I see you stepping into demonstrating the love of God for all their children. I sense God's pleasure when we are all together, having removed the hoops and barriers that prohibited some from joining in. I'm proud of this community and the way it demonstrates God's extravagant love. So during our Q&R last Sunday, it became very apparent that there is a deep need in this community for significant connection. I believe some of that longing is residue from our COVID lockdowns and months and years of being removed from each other. But also, and maybe for the same reasons, we're a different group of people now. And so we need to find ways that draw us into connecting with each other. We had a steering team meeting last Monday evening. And as we responded to some questions about our values as a community and our dreams for the future, some similar themes came up, especially around connection. So we want to share how we are going to try to facilitate and encourage and create the connected community many of us are longing to be a part of. In the next couple of weeks, we will have our home group starting up again. We will have sign-up sheets here this morning, which we do over there. And so you can have a look at which group might fit you best. 
Or perhaps you would like to host a group that hasn't been established over there or lead a group because you found a great book you want to have uh, and go through with others. If that's the case, let us know and we'll help you get the ball rolling. We're also adding a couple of extra feast Sundays to our in-person gatherings where we sit around tables with good food and spend more time getting to know those at the table with us. We're still ironing out the details, but we have started um, imagining the soup Sunday idea. And we hope uh, you will the, that these will happen regularly and, and always on a Sunday um, where we meet via Zoom only. We're looking for folks who would be willing to make a pot of soup or buy some and maybe have some bread or buns and provide this simple meal as a point of connection with others in this community. We'll have a sign up letting folks know who's hosting and you all can sign up to go to someone's house for lunch. This is a lovely way to have each other in our homes for connection. Another really good way to get to know others is by volunteering for some of the jobs we have, especially around our in-person gatherings. If you'd be able to help with some of our computer tech, helping with the children or making coffee, being a greeter, set up and take down worship or anything else you notice that we might need, um, that would be lovely. We would, we would be very appreciative. There is a camaraderie that happens for those of us who participate in this. And just this week, we have been offered a venue for a day retreat that we will take advantage of very soon. We'll let you know when we have dates set and we'll have a way to sign up for that. And we are always very open to hearing any other ideas that would help us be more connected. We're trying to find simple ways to help initiate connections between us. We hope that this will help with each of us feeling like we belong, that we're noticed, that we're needed, that we're known, and that we're loved. We hope that with options, everyone will find something that fits their style and potentially that you will all want to do everything. Wouldn't that be amazing? I'm going to hand the mic over to Sarah and she's going to tell you the rest of the story. Yeah, I'm going to be fast. I'm going to talk so quick. I'm just trying a different position. Because I want the people on Zoom to be able to see that, yes, it worked. It's magic. Okay. Um, so this is my bit. I get to, I went first last week, so I feel like I'm on catch up now. Um, the words inclusion and affirmation are newish to us as a church, as Eden just explained, and the process that we went through during COVID. But the heart of that has been in the leadership and body of the church for a long time. It's not like the words are new, but the heart isn't. And I've been working behind the scenes to move the dial for forever. Um, we've been steering the ship in this direction slowly for many years, and I regret um, that it hasn't been for all the time. But we're here now. Um, inclusion and affirmations weren't used when we first started the bridge nearly 18 years ago with a very overly dramatic exit from the Abbotsford Vineyard. And if you were there, 
you know. Um, our explosion from the Abbey Vineyard was very messy. And Sorry, did I say explosion? I did. And I meant it because it was a very messy and very ugly. And I talked a bit more about that last week. So if you want to go back and listen or listen to Kevin Bose's talk from December 22, he, took, he talked at it from the Abbey Vineyard point of view. And so, it, you know, there's a story. Um, suffice to know, it was not good. But it is what it is. Um, I was asked to work for the church a few weeks before the first Sunday, back at the start of March 2006. Um, I had been in Canada for nine months, and it was looking like I was going to have to go back to the UK because I was running out of money, uh, and I couldn't make any because I was here as a visitor. Um, and you only get to be a visitor for 12 months, and then they say, I'm sorry, you're out. Uh, so nine months um, was was the line, and I was like, oh, I'm going back to the UK. I apparently waiting for my permanent residency which I probably should have done in the first place. But anyway, long story. Um, so for me, when the church offered me a job, it was a lifeline because I could stay. Um, and it was exactly what I'd been praying for. The church start was insane. We had 550 people on the first week and we had nowhere to meet on the second. And you know, try and find a building that could take 550 people which of course we couldn't. So we found a building and we immediately had to have two services and so on and so on. I spent, um, and with a few others, a few days bleaching the filth out of a room that our little people could be in. That room still smelt of bleach when we got there on Sunday morning. Um, and the big kids had no room. So we, I, bought, I bought tarps so we could put them out on the grass and the kids met outside and praise God, it didn't rain for, I don't know, like eight, eight months. On a Sunday, it was dry. It was like, if that wasn't God, I don't know what was. I, I don't believe in weather prayers, but that seemed to happen. Um, so the bigger kids had no room. We asked parents to bring a toy and leave it with us because we had nothing. Um, and it was insane. And it feels like a lifetime ago. And I worked hard and I worked long. And anyway, we're still here. Um, but the church's foundation was unstable. And within four years, there was a nasty bust up on the leadership team, and it got really, really ugly again. I saw this a bit more from the middle this time, and it was very unpleasant. Many people have come and gone from the bridge over time, but this was a season of mass exodus. When we started, we were like the next big thing in town, and everybody was like, let's go to the bridge, it looks amazing. 2010, let's leave the bridge. This place is a disaster. And, uh, you know, they left. Um, it wasn't a split. It was a scatter. And it was very painful to be part of. For me, it was a season of just putting my head down and getting on with it. A little team of us kept Sundays happening and making things go behind the scenes as the original team that had started the church self-destructed. I was encouraged by one of the people that came in as, adv as advisors at that time to just do your job. Just do what your job is. And I couldn't. I tried. But I was also trying to hold everything else together. Um, and I did my job and a little bit more because I felt like this community needed to survive. And as evidenced by being here today, we made it. Just. Since its inception, the bridge has gone through many shifts, none quite as dramatic as the beginning or as ferocious as 2010. Um, 
but most of the shifts have been a bit more subtle. We have moved over time. I used to I used to keep track of how many different variations of church we'd been, and I think we were on like version 13 before I gave up counting. I don't know. I don't know where we are now. Um, but we have moved over time towards being a more loving, more all-encompassing, all-embracing, um, and having a, a view of God where God isn't mad at us and loves everybody. This has annoyed some people who really wanted God to be angry. I had conversations with people who said, God's madder than you say. What? Okay, see ya. And they left. <laughs> Insane. Um, becoming explicitly affirming and inclusive annoyed a few people who wanted God to be mad at people about things, particularly how they loved. And they left. But that has made room and has expanded our hearts and drawn us to a place where we stand on the experience that God is love and God loves everyone. I took that word experience. I tried to figure out what word is it? Is it we stood on the position that God is love? I'm like, no, it's not quite right. We stood on the faith that God is love. I'm like, no, that's not quite right. But experience, I'm like, yeah, okay, we can go with that. And this is fully lined up with the message that I heard way back when I started pastoring um, a billion years ago, where God said to me, tell them they have a father in heaven who loves them. And if you want to hear that story, go back and listen to last week. I don't see any need to change that message. Our strap line as a church is this one, wherever it is. Can you see it through me? Loving God by loving what God loves. And we say what God loves rather than who God loves, because I think if when we restrict that to just people, we're being a bit reductive. God loves, and if you can see that in my notes, that's in capital letters. God loves, it is big and deserves shouting. So what am I thinking and hoping for this year? Eden has talked a bit about connection and some of the ways that we're trying to point us all in that direction. And I want to add ease holy surprise with an undergirding of sustainability. I think my word ease actually links with connection because I think what I hope is that we would become easy with one another, that we would find relationships that just work. Um, but I also want us to turn that outwards, not just become a little club, but turn it out. When we're connecting with one another with ease, we can have space to turn and have outward connections too. I want us to be a place that is open, open and welcome, not just for those of us who are here today, but for those who are in spaces where they can't be everything that they are, where they have to hide part of themselves and be less than their authentic wonderfulness. If we can exist as a body with ease, then I think we'll be on the right track. And now ease isn't inaction, but it's action that is smooth. It's like a well-oiled machine, not that I want us to be a machine, but more of a body, a well-oiled body. Ew, don't think about that too hard. I'm thinking about oiling the joints. Oh, stop it. Oh, I'm just grossing myself out. Okay. And wipe that off. Um, oh. I think sustainability fits in there as well. 
because we all uh, we all give our part. No one giving too much, no one giving too little, everyone just easing into our own strengths and supporting each other's weaknesses. Since our post-COVID lockdown reboot, which we'll call version 52, we've had moments of ease and fluid movement, but church has felt, felt a bit like a church plant again, and we've been building and figuring each other out and working out where we stand and how we fit. And I feel like that we need to stretch out a bit we need to ease into the roles and positions and just relax and trust ourselves and one another. I'd love for us to ease into the year like that and have everybody know just how deeply loved they are and secure. Love comes first. When you know that you're loved, you can relax. And it isn't on you to hold everything together because you are the one being held together. Ease comes from rest. It starts in knowing that we are loved and showing other people that they are loved too. I want us as a church to know that we are loved and then turn and love our neighbor. Maybe get involved in Brett's thing. That sounds very cool. This is the outward focus of community and connection. I want us to think about the questions. How do we exist for our neighbors? How can we be a beneficial part of our community as we are spread across the globe and across the city? How can we be a beneficial part of our communities? Our theme for this year is holy everywhere. And I hope that we might see God at work, at play, at creation, at restoration, at peacemaking. Let me move over here. So let a few more, a few more of you see. Let me just do this. That we might see God at work, at play, at creation, at restoration, at peacemaking, and all other things that are good and that we might see them doing all of that in and through and all around us. And I didn't do a typo on God, just in case you're wondering. I spell God G-O-D-D-E because it sits kind of partway between God and Goddess, because I think God is more all-encompassing than just the male or just the female. I hope that we may be surprised by the presence of God with us, because there is so much more. God is everywhere. In everyone and everything, and in all things, God tells us that they are love. We had a steering team on Monday, and we started talking about our core values. And it was really interesting to see how we landed. It's actually pretty similar to what we've got on our website right now. Um, perhaps a little less formal than what we have on our website right now, but the, the themes were kind of the same. This is what um, the team said that we value already. So looking at the church now, this is what we value being a bit of a safe landing pad for those who've been hurt by the church. Questions and curiosity over certainty. Inclusivity. Being the Jesus way, Jesus-centered, speaking from a heart centered in Jesus. Acceptance. Laughter, humor, joy, big love. Commitment, respect, rebuilding or sustaining faith. Authenticity, demonstrating inner truth, sincerity, honesty, vulnerability. Being together, relationship-oriented, being okay to be not okay, moving at a human pace and kindness. Which is kind of cool. It kind of lines up. And growing from that, so then we, we transition from that into, so what do we dream? What do we hope? What might we add? These are very raw, by the way. You just, you know, don't take this as written. We're still working on it, but I thought I'd share where we were at so far. Um, so this is what we dream that we would be very connected, 
a small church, a small country church community feel where we know and are known. More people in small groups, interconnectedness. Having safe Bible study groups where we could act, do a book at a time without making people nervous. Ooh, engaging with the Bible. Um, support and access to long-term supports for folks. Prayer requests and support. Being very intergenerational. More kids. Nature-based meetings, which uh, we've called Wild Church. Um, having indigenous neighbors share in our meetings. Engage in our meetings. Engage in their meetings. Um, visibility, being better known and understood as a church. Outward focus in the community. A place of support for other queer spaces and communities. Be a safe queer space in contrast to some of the pushback from the larger community of Abbotsford. Co-host conferences and co-support relevant events in the wider community, emphasis on the co. So what about you? What do you hope? What do you dream for us as a church family? as we move into this year. Um, it's been lovely seeing you all this morning. And as you go from here, you know, peace to the rest of your day. And uh, yeah, just um, look for the holy everywhere in the week. God of this new year, the same as the old year, be with us. God of this new day, the same as yesterday, work through us. God of this breath, this very moment and the next, Go with us into this week. May we know your love and spread it as we go. Amen. Bless you, everyone. Lovely to see you.